Yo, 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 Aiden, go ahead. What's good, Creamers? What's good, Creamers? Welcome back. We have a guest, returning guest, PhD in Brockhampton. It's Nicholas Hill, everyone. Clap it up. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I really love doing this. So appreciate you guys bringing me back on. Um, and yeah, I, I'm Nick Hill, college student at NC State, lover of Brockhampton. Let's jump yes. into this. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Nick also is the owner of, I think, at least according to Daily, one of the best lines in half and half podcast history. Uh, yes, yes, that's true. Which one was that? It was <laughs> you describing how you were like sabotaged, catfished into trying Taco Bell and how someone shoved a giant dong of a burrito. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, funny story about my first appearance on the podcast here. Um, after hearing that, my roommate um, devised a game. Where yeah, I remember he would that. he would write down some of my lines from the podcast, actually some of all of our lines, and then he'd oh. write down just some random bullshit too, and he'd have people guess if this was a line that was actually said on the podcast or this was just some like s- stuff he made out made up to sound outrageous, um, and it, it's a pretty hard game because we were just saying some weird shit, but that's just hey. how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You just keep wheeling and dealing. We might say something stupid. Is it problematic? I don't fucking know. Twitter will tell us if it is. So, you know what? (laughs) The day I see a K-pop fan cam under a tweet, I know we've done something. That's all I'll say. I must currently apologize because I think that my uh, answering machine is currently playing. I don't know if this is getting picked up or not. It's not. Uh, It's not? Why? Well, uh, I don't know. (laughs) It's just going. you up? Well, I don't know. So my my home phone, we still have it. I don't know why. Let me ask this. So something, Nick, do you guys have home phones uh, Home phones at home still? Like yeah, my parents are boomers. They, they keep it around. Yeah. Uh, we, like, we have it, too, because we got relatives in other countries, I guess is the reason. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I got my dad paying a bill for Vonage every month. And I have no idea why. <laughs> we also have Vonage. And we yeah. also play that bill. Yeah. I have yeah. not heard the name Vonage in such a long time. I'd see the commercials like... All the time, you know, watching my ESPN back in the day. <laughs> I thought they went out of business. I'm surprised that our self our landline has not just died because Vonage yeah. is dead. No, I, I have no idea. Like Nick, I, I, I know what you mean because I saw those Vonage commercials Who back in the Vonage? day constantly. I don't know. Oh, it's Vonage. It's probably got bought out. There's no way they're fucking still. I bet you like Comcast. Comcast. Yeah, I was gonna say everybody. I would bet you Comcast. Uh uh, oh god it's like i guess a couple companies have it so. a couple companies are all dipping into the vonage pool it's again the vonage pool <laughs> shout out to the guy who sat at a board meeting a stakeholders meeting and was like guys get on the vonage train it's gonna be big like i i really don't even know why my parents have the home phone anymore um by the way if you can tell that's where my philly talk will come out is when i say home phone <laughs> uh yeah i don't know why they have the home phone anymore but they um like we had it for years here and i think it's basically like just so my grandma can call our house phone and talk to my mom and i think that's the only thing that's used for Jenny. yeah it's basically that like you got that and so red cross can harass me for more blood that oh too my <laughs> gosh. exactly 
No, my home phone, it exists solely for the reason to interrupt like fun family time with just any (laughs) number of spam calls. Like we will get them three times a day whenever I go home. Um, My parents are like, oh, who is it? Run to the phone. See that's another spam call. Run back. Like why even put in effort at this time? You know, it's just not going to be anything. Yeah. Landline phones, they're not, they don't respect the sanctity of a good vibe because if they're loud some of them read the contact in not good english because it's a fucking robot voice <laughs> trying to do it you do not so. know how many times i've heard ring 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 amara red cross ring 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 <laughs> amara red cross uh, no the worst was uh and nick i don't know if you might relate to this but it was the school district because me and nick went to the same high school it was the charlotte beckliff charbeck or whatever it would be oh every night an update from Charlotte Mecklenburg, or it was an update to tell my parents that I had skipped my AP class, but you know, whatever. Wait, two questions, two questions. One, your, your high school is calling you guys every night. It was just announcements. It wasn't like every night. It was either what? school announcements, which some, then that would be the school name, or it would be the district would announce stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you missed class, they started calling your house so your parents, wow. I guess, in theory, would know. Now, the easy way to get around it is just put your own fucking phone number. And well, then... yeah, yeah, easy. <laughs> well, they know. But I didn't care because, like, I skipped AP class because after you take that exam, we didn't learn anything, so I just didn't go. And then I would just make up some BS excuse, like, oh, the substitute just didn't take attendance or some shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> what? Oh, um... I couldn't even pull that. Like, if I was caught skipping class or anything, like, my head would be gone. Mm, okay. Vasant. be able to listen to Brockhampton. That'd be very good. <laughs> uh, Vasant, I have a quick question. What did you skip that AP class for? Like, what'd you do instead? Me and Arjun were in an economics class together. So we'd skip it and go to like Cordoba, which is just, we'll say Chipotle, because mm. more people okay. don't know what that is. Yeah. And then we just eat food and then we just walk around like there was like a park area and we just kick back because. In the class, because I went a couple times, the teacher was chill. She just let us play like Monopoly because it was like, you know, guess it's money was related. Was this Marquardt? Yeah. She was she chill. Was cool. But yeah. of all the places to go, you go to Doba? I mean, we just went to the Arboretum. So, I mean, that was the spot. You know what I'm saying? All the drug use was happening. Oh, that I that's still to this day, like the Arboretum, it's like a hot spot. It's for, a like drugs drug and use. sex trafficking in Charlotte. <laughs> and it's like, this is right down the street from our high school. Yeah. Gosh, what a great There's place. a Chick-fil-A right there, too. So it's like all these businesses and then just like a rig of just debauchery and illegal activity. <laughs> that reminds me of... um. That reminds me that the parking lot that I would park in my junior year every weekend. So I was in, I was at Archbishop Wood, which is in Warminster, Pennsylvania. Okay. Warminster is a Philly suburb about 30 minutes outside the city. I think roughly Mm -hmm. Um, Warminster is a relatively nice place with like a quality of people. That's very low. (laughs) That's very mean of me to say, (laughs) But, but but like to give you an idea okay this is i'm more talking about the teenagers of the area than anything else it's just like yeah. absolute delinquency um we would i like i would go home on a friday drive drive on back come back on a monday the, the parking lot would have been pretty clean when i left 
when I come back, there would just be beer cans str- like all <laughs> over the parking lot. So that means that there were like teenagers coming to drink and just dumping their beer cans all over Archbishop Woods parking lot. I mean, shit. Like, have you seen the fucking Carter Finley parking lot? <laughs> okay. I know. Yeah. That's debauchery. That's delinquency. Have you guys seen the parking lot of my apartment complex? I have not. I've been to Canvas Crossings <laughs> twice, so I don't oh. remember. <laughs> Consider yourselves lucky. It's a dump. House of Asante, you just doxed Nick. I didn't realize that <laughs> as I said it. But to Nick's point, who's coming to visit? Yeah, no one in their right <laughs> mind would willingly go to Campus Crossings for anything. So, boom, problem solved. We just generated business. <laughs> I think. What, Nick, Nick, what what a street is that on? Oh, <laughs> uh, um. So actually, this is a funny story here. Nobody knows if the name of my street ends in Rotor Lane. Because um, I've seen <laughs> them replace the signs multiple times and switch between road and lane. Different map applications have either road or lane. Um, and then like whenever I'm listing my address to like have something shipped or something, it's just a guessing game. Like who knows what, like th- do I put lane or road? I haven't had any issues yet. I think just huh. everybody knows now. It's like, okay, this street. Interesting. It is a street. It's a, it's, then, a ro- it's a load. It's a rain. You know, it's whatever. And, and the follow-up question, what's your mother's maiden name and what was the name <laughs> of your first pet? First pet was... Uh, no, don't Max, answer, don't answer, don't answer. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> My mother's last, her maiden name was Quintana, okay? So, oh, wow. if I'm going to get hacked here, it's going to be a Hispanic because I don't know if all you white people know how to spell that one. <laughs> so, can I give it a shot? Amigos, come on. Can I give it a shot? Uh, Aiden, you're Italian, so it's it's close. You yeah. might get it. Did you say uh, Quintana? Quintana. Quintana. Okay. Um, is it Gin or Quintana? Oh, you're going to have to See, I'll, I'll say it again for you. I'm not right. giving you any help here. Quintana. If you're at home and okay. want to play this fucking game, Q- go for it. Take a notepad out. Q-U-I-N-T-A-N-A. You got it. Wow, look at that. Uh, oh, my the, last the... name uh, is made famous by Angel starting pitcher, Jose Quintana. That's you know that's what I thought of yeah yeah and there was also hey, the Italian um, Hispanic alliance it's powerful. <laughs> there was also a shortstop on the Mets called named uh, Quintanilla for a little bit. Oh, and I was like, that's so similar. I know I have the first part right. I know I can get that. I used to so. know a girl whose name was uh, her last name is Quintero. Oh wow! Look at that, another. Yeah, yeah. I know what wonder, a Quintanilla is, so I'm also oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I wonder if throw. like I wonder if that like keen like means something, does it? Because it's oh. like such a popular it's is I it just know. one of those like common name prefixes? Because I think in a lot of cultures there's like that just really common prefix I, for a lot of I, names. So I'm a really bad Mexican, so you're gonna have to forgive me, but I think he has Taco an association Bell. with five. <laughs> okay, everybody loves Taco Bell, <laughs> even Mexicans. Okay, My mother well, has some strong opinions about it, but that's it. In, Wait, in, for real? Oh my! So okay, hearkening back to the uh, deep throated by a burrito story. So the <laughs> reason why having that forced down my throat was such a shock and a situation to begin with, anyway. 
Oh, that gosh, that, that quote's going to be taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason why, like, I hadn't had Taco Bell really was because my mom, she, until this day, still is adamantly anti-Taco Bell. Just She's anti-Bell? She, Damn. She, wow. she hates it. She's like, this is a bastardization of our culture. We can do so much better. When did Taco Bell become Ta Nobel? Ooh. Mm. uh, she will excuse for all my west coast people out there she excuses del taco that's fine she excuses Hmm. el pollo loco that's fine uh chipotle that's a okay i do not think my mother is a fan of qdoba either as nobody should be i agree with that (laughs) (laughs) like there's just so many better Whoever's making the drinking game, don't put Tano Bell on the fucking board, please. No, please put Tano Bell. Please, please put Tano Bell. You gotta like emphasize it too, like Tano Bell. <laughs> yeah, you gotta peak your audio whenever you. Say yeah, exactly. Um, um, now that I'm thinking about Taco Bell, have you guys tried the new, like the beefy potato Rito? This is a game changer. (laughs) This just turned into an ad for Taco Bell. (laughs) We are not, I would like to say, for legal purposes, Half and Half Podcast is not sponsored nor affiliated with Taco Bell. But we'd like to be. Yeah, I love it. I I like to live Moss. Yeah, I love to live Moss. So it was Taco Bell. It's the the beefy potato rito. Beehy potato. I don't. I have never had this. It's uh, it's a basically just a beef burrito with potatoes in it and like a jalapeno sauce and cheese. I of course opt out of the cheese because it would kill me. Mm. But it's wow. some good stuff. Um, hey man, <laughs> that sounds like something that I, I would have for dinner tonight if I was still in college and if I hadn't been elevated by graduation, you know? Oh, you do not have to flex like that. Okay? <laughs> it sounds like something voice. I'd eat and then walk out of the taco. Well, pretend in a non-pandemic world, I would eat it in Taco Bell, walk outside, and then puke my guts out because I'm inebriated. So. <laughs> that doesn't sound about right. Nick, have, have you ever heard about Vassan throwing up outside Taco Bell? Yes, I, I have done not. This. Oh, oh was really? after your Halloween party. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, it's because of the PJ. The yes. PJ Carnegie told it. me there was a long list of people. Oh, shit. Okay, so I'm about to expose some people here. You threw up. Uh, Meg threw up. Why are you saying full names? You can just <laughs> use aliases. You can bleep, beep that one out. Uh, right. Kayla threw up. Her girlfriend threw up too. That's just the ones I know. But wow. um, if you want some more information on just what was in there, I do have a video I can find of we had the tub and the 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 Sunny D was in there already. Someone ended Megan's up just, pouring a bunch of the cheap whatever you had in as the mixer. It was aristocrat. Yeah, I, I have a video oh, of Megan just hell. with two handles of aristocrat dumping them all in. <laughs> Hey, Aiden, what's the time? What time are we at so I could go bleep out Megan's last name? Um, it's like, uh, let me see. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, I'm about 16:45 now, so it's probably around the 16 minute mark. Cool. Okay. We're just doxing everyone today. Oh, absolutely. If, That's... Forget, if you get doxed, shit, it's Nick's fault, not mine. RV, RV. No, Nick's problem. Nick's bad, not my bad. I'm not gonna take not not me a culpa, not me a culpa. He a culpa. He a culpa. That's not even a thing. 
I'm gonna make it a thing. <laughs> so uh, they put it in wait. the game. Why not? <laughs> check it. So we need yeah. a segue, right? So here, check check me out. Hold on. Nick was talking about how he didn't know if it was what is it, lane or street, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was, Nick? Yeah, that that's that's the confusion. Yes. So you don't know if it's lane or street. So you're sitting there trying to put your address in for shipping because you just bought all the different colored CDs of Brockhampton's latest album and you spent <laughs> over a hundred dollars. Now you're worried your shipment won't arrive. Oh. Did I say Brockhampton? Brockhampton? Yeah. I love Not Brockhampton. <laughs> yeah, so Brockhampton, yet yeah, here we are. It's the Brockhampton episode, baby. Brockhampton special. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. If I, like, is there what, what what do we do? Like, what do we like? Do a little like a uh, quick little like sugar cup here. Like, spin on my nuts alone. Do I bathe for, like, in the transition like, cereal? Like, what do I do? You guys need just some sirens going off. You know, they're all about Ooh. the sirens. Yeah, yeah. Can we get some like boogie type sirens? Like... Yeah, I'm gonna make them really loud so Danny can complain about how much it hurts his ears. <laughs> um, so, awesome. Brockhampton released their, I think, fifth, right? In what a sixth? What are we at? Fifth Damn, studio it? album. No, sixth studio. It's album. six, right? Six. Yeah, number six. Numbers yeah. are hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at math. <laughs> My major be damned. I'm not good at math. Um, so yeah, they released their sixth album, Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine. But before we get into that, sort of, I guess, talk about how we feel about the album, what we, you know, maybe get into some of the themes. Uh, Aiden pointed out that maybe we should do a retrospective on the group's last released uh, Ginger, maybe a retrospective on the group as a whole, because, uh, you know, I look, rappers never actually retire, but Kevin Abstract said that there's one more Brockhampton album left before the group is just done. So, which, which means, Nick, you're only invited back on this podcast one more time. <laughs> Use it. Oh, wisely. darn. Yeah. <laughs> what about for all the solo projects? Like, they all just break away, do their own things. Can you invite me on for like each solo project? We'll consider it. <laughs> well, we'll our, our people will talk to your people. We'll see if we can come to an agreement about it. I'll, like, I'll, I'll DM you on Twitter. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to make agent. it sound official. To... <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Speak, Speak to your agent. My agent. I yeah. thought you said, speaking of my agent, and I thought you are going to get to a story about you having an agent, and I was like, what? <laughs> I totally have an agent. Yeah. Are you trying to make us sound professional what, for the Taco Bell bag? No, exactly. Taco Bell needs to think that we're like one of those like professional podcasts. No, nah, like, man, we don't have agents because we live moss. Oh, that's am good. I, am I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, what does that even mean? I don't know. Nick? Lived more. Yeah, it's it just, just means live more. It's oh, like it's an abstract life. saying, like more. What what is more? Taco buying Bell. more beefy taco potato rollers, whatever the hell that shit was called. Beefy potato rito, bro. Don't disrespect. Buying more beefy <laughs> potato ritos and Baja Blasts. And if you're at the cantina, get a little something in your Baja Blast. You know what I'm saying? Ew. Okay. Enough Taco Bell talk. It's Brockhampton talk. <laughs> look, I, look. I'll just say, like, look. I'll just say, it, like, straight out right now. I enjoy a good quesadilla from Taco Bell. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, I just want the world to know that. I think that's a good thing for the world to know that you enjoy a good quesadilla. 
Yeah. It's important. Okay. So uh, I probably the least knowledgeable of. The oh, and one more thing, Vasant. I you see the jalapeno sauce. I get it without that. I don't like spicy things. You know. Yeah, I like, know you have a weak tongue. Yeah, uh, but like I enjoy a good quesadilla from Taco Bell, which is why I think that they should pay us for this episode because I've gotten plenty of free advertising for it. So I'm <laughs> yes. just really harping on this. So if anybody from Taco DM Bell DM the podcast this, account or reply <laughs> to the tweet for the episode, telling us if you've craved Taco Bell at any point during the episode. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be real. I don't know how well this is gonna work considering how the Taco Bell discussion started off with me talking about how I was deep-throated by a burrito. <laughs> and also how Vasan threw up after having their food while inebriated. <laughs> that might be a bad well, one, too. Hey, <laughs> you know what? The drinking game's going to be take a sip every time they say Taco Bell, every time they ring the bell, you know? <laughs> Gong. Thank you. Anyway, so Brockhampton. Um, I'm the least knowledgeable of the, of the three of us, probably. And I'll be honest, it made it kind of fun listening to the new album because I legitimately did not know who was singing or who was rapping. And it was just, it was, it's just like a big guess who of who's, you know, on the mic. But hey, talented group of boys, talented group of fellas, you know? Yeah, definitely. But so, yeah, I'll, I guess like you two can sort of set the stage. So like, I guess going back just one album, how do you feel about Ginger? It's been, what did you say, like a year and a half since Ginger was uh, released, right? I think yeah, it, it, it came out, I want to say, late summer of 2019. So it has been a while. Yeah, how do you guys feel about the project, though? Like, is there, it, like, is it one of those things that it aged? Did it get better with time? Has it stayed the same? Did it maybe f- actually fall by the wayside a bit after time has passed? But. I'm, I'm interested to see what Nick thinks first, but I, I have an opinion about it. Um, so for me, I think it stayed about the same. When it first came out, um, I liked it. I, well, I don't know. Because I remember going on the podcast and saying a lot of good things about it. Maybe I don't like it as much now um, in retrospect, <laughs> actually. Wow. Um, it's just, I, Brockhampton has a lot of different sounds to them. Um, and the two big ones that really emerge are they have like this poppy, you know, uh, like sugar kind of sound, and then they have more of like the rap side of them. And personally, I'm more a fan of the rap side than the poppy stuff. And Ginger had a lot of the poppy elements, um, not a whole lot of the, the, the flows and, you know, the normal rap stuff that we saw a lot more of back during the saturation era, the the saturation Mm -hmm. trilogy, not as much so on ginger. And then, you know, they had a lot of like sad boy hours songs on that too. Um, Just, you know, reflecting on the kind of stuff that was going on within the group at that time as you know, that this was one of the albums that followed up the um, band kicking out of Mirvan. Is this the first project, or is, was Iridescence the first project post the mirror? Iridescence was the first project, but I, I a lot of the elements in Iridescence were either thought of or partially composed before his being kicked out of the group, I believe. So mm-hmm. I think Ginger was the one that's like the first, like one that was entirely post the mirror. Yeah, and in a yeah, way, I, was- I think. Uh, go ahead, Aiden. You go first. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, like, Iridescence came out after um, they were working on an album called Puppy. That was what oh, the puppy. first. Yeah, that was what the first post-saturation album was going to be. 
Mm-hmm. But then when it got, uh, when everything with Amir came out and like all the allegations, he was, he was kicked out of the group. Uh, they decided like, we can't really keep the album in its current state. And they wound up renaming it to Iridescence. I think a lot of the songs on there are just like alternate versions of songs that would have had Amir. Mm-hmm. Like um, probably verses cut out and things like that. And I think you, you know, can like, tell because yeah, you can tell, like, I think a lot of people, and it's why iridescence for some it depends on who you ask right but for a lot mm-hmm. of people iridescence might be one of the weaker albums because it feels like it's missing something and look amir does is not a good person he lied to his friends and he also i were the allegations like was it like violence was it sexual abuse like i don't quite remember yes to all of it that was both yeah okay yeah so clearly not a good person but as a artist you know he was a lot of people i think a lot of people he was probably one of their favorites after the trilogy because he was very good like i'll give him credit he was good yeah i I recently got my girlfriend into brockhampton and when she first was like listening to their songs back from the saturation era she would always like say oh this is my favorite part and it would be like amir's verse and i'd just be like hold up i hate to inform you but (laughs) I I have a personal experience with that, too, where Bleach is one of my favorite songs I think ever made Um, and Amir's verse. And that's like probably like my second favorite part of it. So it's like, oh, God, that hurts. You know, I I understand. And I give them credit as a group for putting a project out and being able to put something together. But I think there is a lot of Amir. There's a lot of it's hard to craft an identity as a group without a member in that quick like in that sort of a turnaround so i think there's something missing from iridescence at times and it's probably him because some of those songs were meant to have him on there so yeah exactly i think ginger is like probably the album where they cope with those emotions the most because they've probably had time to process them a little bit uh, there's song. even an entire song on ginger devoted to that idea of coping with the emotions of letting go of a mirror um yeah well i think it's duly departed that's the one yeah, and that um, has the um that's like one of the like most shocking moments I think that you'll find on all of Brockhampton's albums, which is Tom's verse in that. Tom's verse is just so emotional. Oh I remember yeah. listening to that for the, the first time. He he's he it ends with him like dropping his headset and like like leaving the studio. You hear him like slam the door. And that's like from when they actually recorded it. Yeah, apparently he like kicked the camera too. Like he was actually oh, wow. angry. Yeah. Because he just got very emotional. I, mean, I can't blame him either because like um, he was really close to the mirror and Amir basically like you know he's brought up being like this awful guy thing. yeah yeah well and- I, I heard a story like uh, directly like Amir like set up dom yes uh, I, yes I, I don't know the details but it, it wasn't good and i know that definitely contributed uh almost feelings about Amir. yeah i think i think it was that like Amir set him up to be like jumped basically or something yeah yeah like yeah yeah it, it was crazy stuff Stuff that's like way across the line to do, like yeah. And yeah. I think you know, and I uh, got to meet Arjun uh, somewhat recently. Shout out Arjun; he likes to listen somewhat regularly. And we had a conversation about Brockhampton, and he was like, "And Arjun isn't a super big Brockhampton fan, like, or he just doesn't listen to them that much, so he doesn't." So he was like, "Well, I didn't understand why they were so emotional about kicking an abuser out of the group," and it's like. Yeah, look, they made the right decision by kicking him out and he's an abuser. But when you were once friends with that person, it's not as it's a much it's a very complex thing, right? 
because yeah, like, you uh, have a lot of positive like they probably had a good time with Amir. They probably enjoyed the moments they had him in the group. They probably enjoyed making those first three albums with him. So kicking him out is the right thing to do. All of them agree, yes, we need to kick him out. But that doesn't make it easy, you know, like the emotional toll of being of trying to like process like you know those are still good memories i can still keep those but they also feel tainted now because of you know what amir you know what he got revealed to be yeah absolutely yeah i mean like too like think about this way too like i'll make this like comparison because i know that this like wouldn't happen to me because i know i haven't done anything like that say Mm -hmm. that say we're in a world where i did some some terrible stuff right Mm-hmm. And uh, not only not only does Vasant have to distance himself from me as a friend because he's like, you know, you're not the person I thought, you know, things like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, these are real bad things that are pretty reprehensible. Uh, you would also then have to go on and either like end the podcast, keep it going, but like have someone else, things like that, where it's like, if you even keep it going with someone else, would you even feel like passionate about it? Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like it would be. Like you probably have like a revolving set of like guest hosts in the beginning until you find one that you like feel like is the right one. And like on top of that, too, you have like the emotions of just being like, ah, uh, this is weird. That I'm just keeping this going because it was like our thing. So I know like for Brockhampton itself, like on a much bigger scale, they had a bigger audience and like, you know, a much bigger reputation. And then so, you got to deal yeah. with like the fans being like the group was better when he was in it. Yeah, that too. Yeah, because that, that's another thing too. Like, think about that. If people were like saying, like, yeah, I, I used to listen to the podcast when Aiden was the co-host, but ever since it's been Vasanth and Rand, like whoever, as the yeah. the chemistry's not as good or something. Like, you know, yeah, they'll be it's like, like, yeah, it's tough because like Brock Hampton as a group is probably very well aware of how good Saturation was as a trilogy, how impactful yes. that trilogy was <laughs> when it came out. And they both, there's probably like, I don't know, I can't speak for them, but I imagine they appreciate it and respect it as a body of work because they did a really fucking good job with it. But it's also got to be somewhat frustrating to hear people say, you guys were better, the saturation albums are better because you guys had a mirror. And it's like, yeah, dude, you like, you don't think they think about that, you know, when that happened? Like, I'm losing a friend and we're losing such a big voice. How do we evolve past them? And I think they've evolved past them quite well. He was literally the cover of each saturation album, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you that's literally can't avoid seeing him. <laughs> like, yeah. Which and... that's gonna make like that's gonna make that even more painful too. Is like trying to play the songs and like concert and stuff like that that he was on. Like, oh my god. Is like, what do you do? You just have a, a yeah. long blank space with nobody singing? Yeah, or you just cut, cut around it, like and just ah oh god. Actually, and again, yeah, the song just feels incomplete. Address? Did they ever address that? Because I think they did go on tour a bit, right? They've gone on tour a couple of times after Saturation, the, the those three albums. Have they ever addressed, like, are they just like, we won't play any of those songs? Or do they just cut the part out? Like, does someone else rap his part? I don't know. I, I, I really couldn't tell you how they handle that. I'm not sure. I can text my brothers. They, they Larry and John, they saw Brockhampton live. Um, nice. I'll get an answer on that. I'll get an inside source here. Yeah, because I'm wondering if you do you just have like Kevin do it, or do they even want to rap his part? Like, it's just having this part in there, like weird. Yeah. Know? And I isn't that like isn't this sort of emotional? Pro- I mean, the album's a lot about a lot of things probably, but isn't this sort of emotional processing and trying to support one another? Isn't that kind of represented by that album cover? Because it's two people hugging each other. I think in the group, right, hugging each other. I, I'd say so. I, I think that's definitely a part of it. 
Is like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think as a group, I give them a lot of credit because they had a great trilogy in a year, and then they had like the like a very difficult thing happen to them, and they've managed to evolve past it pretty well, you know. So I think, regardless if you like them at all or if you aren't as big a fan of the new work, they've still managed to like survive quite I, well. I think you actually really have to give them props for sticking the landing on this one, where um, they're still around, they're still making bangers they still have a lot of popularity around them. Mm-hmm. Um, just the other day, you know, like I, I was able to find a Brockhampton shirt. I'm wearing it right now. Oh, nice. We're good. Um, let's get a picture of that for the podcast, Nick. Just yeah. the, I want to see the Brockhampton shirt so we can tweet it out with it. Sure. Um, the, uh, so my, my younger brother, he literally, so I just texted asking about the thing. I was wrong about, um, they saw Brockhampton while Mir was still in the group, so that's my oh, bad. Okay. Um, but this this does bring up another thing, though, is that he said he's like, I re- I still haven't listened to any of the projects since he's left. So like, yeah. that's another thing that makes it difficult for people. You know, it's like, I don't know. It like it, again, when when like the original core group is broken up, sometimes people just don't even want to hear the yeah. rest of it. You know, even if they're yeah. like. In my opinion, that's a little silly in this case because the rest of the albums are also good. So it's like, I'd, like, I'd be like, yeah, you're missing out. You also have like the moral dilemma of like, should you even be listening to someone like that? Um, I know mm-hmm. you guys are just talking about Arjun. Arjun, last I heard from him, he doesn't listen to the Saturation Trilogy just because he doesn't like hearing a mirror. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. And but, that makes yeah. sense knowing Arjun is a person. Like, and I respect because that's tough. Like, you know, it's always like separate the artist from the music, separate the artist from the music. But like, I, I don't, it's just not easy to do. Uh, yeah. It's I don't listen to Chris not. Brown. Like at all. I don't either. Neither no. do I. Yeah. No over no a decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't listen to Chris Brown. I, when X was alive, I really tried not to listen to his music that much because of, you know, the things <laughs> that happened. did. And I never plan yeah. on listening to Lil Mosey now because he's uh, got a rape. Oh, <laughs> no. Jeez. Mm. Sorry, Nick. You can't listen to Blueberry Fago anymore. Oh, that was my <laughs> favorite. I can't even hate listen to his double XL freestyle. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, could, I think I could still clown on that one. You know? Yeah, I bullying I him. Is, okay. Exactly. No, yeah. It is it is very much like it's a very tricky one because a lot of artists put so much of themselves in their music you know yeah it's so, so we're awkward. i stand on things i i don't want to get too preachy i'm just gonna say what i do if they're Go profiting ahead. off of it i'm not gonna listen to it um I, I i guess i can try to separate it for him like if i like the music enough and if there's other elements that aren't just them you know i can enjoy it mm-hmm. like the, i'll still go back and listen to the saturation trilogy because amir is not in the group he's not profiting off of this yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of the same place to me, Nick. Yeah, yeah, it's a um, opinion. I mean, and there's like because I don't want it to because I feel like I don't want to get too too muddled in the Amir stuff because obviously they've worked so hard to move past it, right? So, but like, I'll give an example like where I think it'd be super difficult, right? And he's look, he's everyone's hip hop golden child, right? Kendrick, who should release an album this year, by the way, bro. It's been what four years. Yeah, I was Just gonna say anybody in TDE, please something. <laughs> Where, where's I was gonna say where's the SZA album? Like, I, in like the she's, bolts, she's apparently she's dropped two singles for it already. I'm like, it's gotta be coming. What like, is the Isaiah Rashad album? 
Where's Isaiah? He said it's done. <laughs> We've heard snippets. Come on. <laughs> snippets. He's released that freestyle he did like last year. Yeah, anyway, but he's made songs like you and others where he gets like really, really into like his mental state, his mental health, his experience growing up in a tumultuous environment. If he were to do something very, very reprehensible that would make it difficult to listen to him, how do you separate the artists from music that's about them? You know what I mean? Because then that just becomes mm-hmm. like, you know, who do you place in their shoes at that point? So, you know, but all that being said, Ginger was a, I think Ginger is good. Uh, I don't, I think it ranks probably above iridescence, but that's it, I think, is where I'd probably keep it. I think that's fair. I, I would say the same, actually. They're close, but I don't think either of them are on the level of saturation. Yeah. So I like, I, I guess I'll have the controversial opinion in the group here. So Ginger for me has gotten better with distance, honestly. Really? Um, I don't know quite why, but like for like I like the songs on there kind of like click more for me. And I, I liked I really liked it when I first started. Like I'm not trying to say like it was bad. Yeah. It's um, a good album. Like yeah, I like I'd honestly put it like I'd put it above iridescence at this point, which the first time I heard it, I did I wouldn't have. Um and I think I'd even put it over saturation one. Okay. Wow. But I I I not I'm not gonna be crazy and say it's better than two or three now. Like that, like that, that would be the wrong opinion <laughs> for me personally. Adrian, what do you uh, still I, yeah, listen I was, to off of uh, Ginger? What do I still listen to off Ginger? Uh, I'm going to sound like a TikTok white boy, but uh, Sugar, I loved Sugar. <laughs> and I, I I was happy for them that Sugar became a hit because like, is first of all. Is the remix better than the original? No, nah, I wouldn't say so. The remix I, is good though. I, the remix yeah, is good. I think the original just has so much staying power where. Yeah. And it's iconic at this point because TikTok. Shout out Dua Lipa, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I go back to No Halo, Sugar, Boy, Bo- Boy Bye, um, Dearly Departed, if I feel like getting like hurt, you know? Because, <laughs> like, it's it's a great song. It just it just hurts to listen to. But, yeah. like, you know, I, well, I can. They're in I, such pain, too, right? So. Yeah. And, like, I can kind of, like, deal with that pain because I enjoy, like, the uh, quality of the song. Um, and uh, I enjoyed uh, I, I still listen to Big Boy sometimes and Ginger, I still hear sometimes too the title track. Um, yeah, so I get back to it, and like for me, it's it's it just kind of clicks more now. I don't know exactly why. Uh, maybe it's just because like in 2020, such a downbeat album makes more sense in that context, just with how downbeat the world was for a while because everything was bad. Um, but yeah, so ginger kind of increased me. Uh, iridescence, I still like. Uh, iridescence is just like messy, that's just kind of like what I would say. It's very I, that's good. a really and, good way to describe iridescence, yeah. I'd say. A lot of really good songs, but very messy, yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, maybe chaotic would be a good way to chaotic, it, yeah. yeah. That's true, too. That That's Literally. honestly like the half glass full, like half glass empty way of looking at it, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like chaotic versus messy, like just kind of like however you feel about it. Yeah, I think, like, for Ginger, like, for me, I think, I think, so it was always in the spot I have it ranked now, but I think what happened was I did feel really favorably about it, but I just didn't go back to it that much. Yeah, and, that, that's how I felt about it, too. You know? 
I, I think that's probably why my opinion of it just kind of dipped a little is because uh, there weren't too many songs where I was like, yeah, I can just keep on listening to us that much. Yeah. Um, I still go back to Sugar, Boy Bye. Um, honestly, No Halo is probably one of my favorite Rockhampton songs to this date. But outside right, of that, great song. not really a whole lot that I will go back and listen to. It- it's a very spotty project. If I had to make a comparison to another group who has also not released a bad project, Ginger is like Run the Jewels 4 to me. That's interesting. Because I think that Ginger and Run the Jewels 4s have very similar, like in the sense like they are both really good albums. Keep in mind the worst Brockhampton album is probably getting like what, like a seven, a seven and a half. Like it's not getting a pretty low yeah. score out of 10 for me. I, I, I do want to also quickly say, though, too, with uh, Ginger, I, I think it's something that's true, though, is that the back half of the album is much weaker than the front half. And I think yes, that's just like, very that's just a fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just but a fact, I would say. The reason I compare it to RTJ4 in the sense they're both really good, but I don't go back to them as much as I wanted to. Because I like both of them mm. and I like the groups, but I just don't go back to them as much. For Brockhampton... I go back to some saturation songs. Uh, Iridescence, I have like a couple, but not. I don't go back to that one. I would. Pro- I can see myself going back to which we're going to talk about. I'm going back to Roadrunner more than Ginger for me. And I think so Jules, too. I go back to RTJ three and two much more than I've gone back to listen to RTJ four. So that's sort of the comparison I would give. It's like really good, but it just didn't stick for some reason. And that might be me as a listener, maybe where I was at when I listened to it. It just didn't hit me when, you know, and that happens with music and it sucks. Like the first time you listen to it, if it's not in a certain environment, it just doesn't stick as well as you should have, but it happens. Yeah, I really like that take about RTJ4 because now that you brought it up, like it's the the same thing for me too. I will go back and listen to three and two a lot more than I do four. Nothing against four. I still think it's a fantastic album, just not as good as the others. Yeah. But I um I look I would say the same thing about RTJ uh, four probably but I drive a lot you know that about me Vasan yeah just bet- between North Carolina Pennsylvania and I also just drive for fun mm-hmm. and just just bangs on the speakers <laughs> oh yeah it's actually funny. really good to run to because a lot of those songs I have in my running playlist all all mm-hmm. run the jewel songs are good for running yes but, yeah um <laughs> I, I do listen to a lot of RTJ four when I run yeah. I was just gonna say, like, there's a there, run, there's, there's a like running, that. run the jewels joke somewhere, but I'll just. Do that. <laughs> oh yeah, I love running the jewels. Oh Ugh, fuck um, off. <laughs> yeah, no, just like you know, having that bass with uh that intro from Pharrell for just is just like so good in the car. Before I don't count, know what it is. Yeah. yeah, the boom, 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 master that good yeah. because you. Oh my, it's so nice. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, and that's that's something to remember is like when we're. I guess disparaging a past Brockhampton album, it's still really good. Like you're basically, it's like, it's like Jordan or LeBron or anyone who's like just like good at their craft. It's like you have to like parse. You're like getting nitpicky with what's good and what's not good because it's yeah, all. Yeah, that's good. like that's like saying um, you thought Jordan wasn't as good at in uh, Game Four as he was in Game Five. It's like well, he won yeah, the finals, so. <laughs> yeah or it's like what's your favorite like what's your favorite kobe year and it's like there's like four that you can pick like it doesn't you know it's but i i mean i think 
I'm good to just move into the new Brockhampton project. If you guys are both, if you have anything, the else. new light, new machine. Ex- Ooh, that was good, Nick. That was good. I I do have like one last question to Nick about this. Is the Brockhampton PhD? Um, of course. So, well, two actually. One, when did you get into Brockhampton in the album cycle? Ooh, I right after Saturation Three release. So that was like tail end of twenty seventeen. That was like December. Um, I forget exactly how, but it just came up. Um, I just started banging to it. So, um, tail end of the Saturation you started doing trilogy. what to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, <laughs> don't tell my mother. <laughs> don't worry, Mrs. Hill doesn't have to know. It's okay. Um, whatever. She's not listening this far into the podcast. <laughs> After the Taco Bell praise, she was out anyway, so it's fine. Um, okay, yeah. So that I was just curious about that. Like, so you you got in like between saturation three and iridescence. Yeah. Okay. That's the same thing with me, actually. So that's interesting. Okay. Um, t- and then my follow-up. Out of all of the Brockhampton projects, what would you say is your favorite? Saturation 2. Because um, mm-hmm. after listening to 3, I was like, I need more. Listen to them all. Um, and I just think that I like I like the bangers. And that's fair. Saturation 2 has got a ton of that. I get that. Um, for me personally, saturation three and two are very close, and I like slightly lean three. Yeah. Um, but it's like for me, it's like you know the saturation two and three are like the highest ones, and then everything else just kind of like fighting for third place. You know? Because mm-hmm. like I, I want to hear what you think is in third place when we talk about Roadrunner now, because it, things are getting complicated for me. They're getting jumped. yeah, yeah. No, I I can uh, I'll get to that in there. Yeah. Um, I'll just add, I also think two is the best, but dude, Roadrunner is punching hard for that oh, spot. Yeah. Like it is. Oh yeah. I'm just getting into it. I talk about Roadrunner. First of all, that lead single. So good. Dear and God, man. <laughs> releasing buzz cut with Danny Brown. And I told Aiden this, and this is not an insult. Danny Brown ate Danny Brown ate the fuck out of that song. Oh, he did. It, yeah, like, his song. You seen the music video for it? He he, <laughs> he runs them. He, he, <laughs> he does. But because I've told Aiden this that if you want it, to, if I will, I'll honestly probably I'll argue this hill. When it comes to technical proficiency, Danny Brown's the best rapper. Because Danny Brown can rap over anything. His, the it beat is... selection on the Danny Brown project, especially uh, Atrocity Exhibition, which is mm-hmm. the best album to prove it. He can he finds pockets everywhere. And the, the minute I heard this beat, because I saw he was featuring, I heard the beat and I was like, oh, he's going to eat this. Like, this is the type of beat he raps on to practice. Like, his shit was, it was, just, it was just right there for him, you know? I bet you're in for a treat too with Buzzcut because he's got a really long part in that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he, like, first of all, it's Kevin who sets the song off, right? Great job. Came in with all the energy you need for a, mm-hmm. like a punch in your mouth lead single. And then Danny Brown just he just just I don't he just kept going. Like <laughs> he just wouldn't stop. Um, yeah. have you guys heard about the Denzel Curry Buzz Cut remix? 
What is that a thing? <laughs> um, according to Kevin Abstract, he's working with Denzel about it. What? <laughs> oh, that's a great feature. For Song that of the year. Are you kidding me? That's insane. I am so hyped for that. It, it, please get this off the ground. My ears need it. Because I've always, if when I come to like artist collabs, I've always like thought about like Danny Brown and Denzel. It'd be super dope if they did a bunch of stuff together. That'd so cool. I guess in a way, this kind of acts as that. And um, I, I also know Don McLennan had a verse cut from Buzzcut that wow. maybe not cut, but um, he came up with a verse that is not on the song that he has hmm. performed with it. Um, so I hope they add that in too if they come out with a remix. Just well, make the yeah. remix like eight minutes long. Put well, every the beat, like the put everyone hard. on it. I don't know who produced the beat, but the beat's hard as fuck. So I mean. You can make yeah. it eight minutes if you want, because that beat with like the style of rapping that Kevin did in his verse, Danny Brown style, and then I'm just imagining the Denzel style, and then what Dom would bring to it. It's a part. It's a great song. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. The song. I, I also have to comment too about this too. Um, the the outro on this track where it's like Joba and uh, Merlin singing. I've Merlin. said this. It has like probably my favorite like my favorite moment in music this year. Which is Merlin going like, look at the sky. <laughs> yeah. And then yells the N-word, which I'm not gonna be able to do. <laughs> uh, if Vasant, if, if you want to get like a very uh if you want if you want to um, teeter on the copyright claim thing, if you could just like add in like <laughs> Merlin doing his thing, you know? Maybe that'll be the intro. Mark. Oh yeah, that's true. You could do that. Yeah. That, that now yeah. everyone will hear it. Yeah. That's the but best. The thing with yeah, like it was so like it, it like look, it's a good lead single because I think a lead single is just supposed to like get you excited for what's to come. It does that. It's it's energetic. It's got the great production, great verses, and then I like the transition after Danny Brown's verse into this sort of spacey kind of thing. You know what I mean? With like it's the harmonies and the beat kind of slows itself down a bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, and Joba has that nice little melody. And then, like I said with Merlin, look at the sky. <laughs> so when obviously, Nick, you're a big Brockhampton fan, Aiden, you as well. But when you hear this is the lead single, what's your expectation? You know what I mean? Oh, I was so pumped. Um, I was so so I, I, I stayed up to midnight for this, went into my room, put in my uh, earbuds, and then like pulled up YouTube to watch the music videos it dropped. And I loved the song. I loved the vibe I was getting from both the song and the music video. And it, it pumped me up so much because the fact that they dropped this hard-hitting single first, um, it, it told me basically they would be going in for more of a banger vibe, which is that's what I love. Yeah, no, and like for me too, um, the last time I'd been so excited for a song that like matched that expectation, but like I had to keep telling myself like, Aiden, don't get so excited. Like it might be good. Don't be upset if it's just good, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Silk Sonic with Leave the Door Open. Like my expectations were like through the roof. I was like, oh my God. we still haven't God. gotten any more songs. <laughs> well, yeah, th that'll come with time. But I was like, my expectations were like through the roof. I was like, oh my God, this combination sounds amazing. I was like, I was like, but Aiden, like, if it's just like a good pop song, be like happy with it. And then like, I heard Leave the Door Open. I was like, oh, that's incredible. Okay. Like, that's like, that's hot. That's good. But like, keep that. Um, uh, by the way, if you hear any scratching, my dog is currently scratching at the door. So I don't know what that's about, um, <laughs> which I'll probably go into like, let him in in a second. Uh, but, and then I'll let you guys talk. But I was going to say a buzz cut too. 
same type of feeling. Super excited. Like I was just like, I was like, oh my God, Brockhampton, Danny Brown, this is gonna be crazy. Heard the track, I was like, that was better than I thought it would be. That was insane. And I'll be back in just two seconds. You guys can keep uh, talking. Yeah. So, uh, so, and then the other thing that Aiden just mentioned mm-hmm. about Buzzcat that I liked with them leading with it is that it had a feature. And if you know Brockhampton, you know, that's not something they do too often at all is have a feature because as mm-hmm. this collective, they have so many rappers utilized within themselves that they haven't really branched out. And the fact is quite feature heavy. It too. is. And there, there's like ghost features too that they don't like have listed that are, that are mm-hmm. great. Um, and basically they're advertising that, Hey, we're going to have features now by dropping that first. And mm-hmm. I love to see that because I like them branching out, getting new voices and everything. Like I'm, oh, I'm definitely not tired of the rappers they have, but you know, I, I just get hyped seeing Brockhampton, Danny Brown, Brockhampton, the ASAP Rocky, Brockhampton, the JPEG mafia. I love it. Yeah. It's because they're strong enough as a collective because a lot of artists don't like to use features at all or even list it because sometimes people will only listen to the songs with the features they care about. Yeah. But they're so big and popular that they are in a lot of ways like a main attraction for most of their features. Like in the songs with features, they're the main attraction like that you're listening for. So I don't think they have to worry about that as much as an other artist might have to if they're not as big. I'm happy the conversation I came back for was the feature thing because I was very excited about that too. Where like that was all somewhere I was just like, again, I, I like the fact that Brockhampton does a lot of this in-house. Mm-hmm. But also like Nick was saying, just like seeing like Brockhampton with Danny Brown, Brock, Brockhampton with JPEG. It's just like, oh my God, yes. Like, let me have this. Uh, also just, so the, the other single was, I think, Count On Me, right? That was the second single before the album, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So how do you guys feel about that one? Which features apparently a ghost Sean Mendez feature on the hook. Uh, that's a ghost ASAP Rocky feature in there too. Yeah, that's yeah. the first verse. Apparently he also helped write the song or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it. I, I, I liked it. The follow-up buzz cut. I know it was pretty divisive around people that listened to that, especially coming out after buzz cut. Um. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it just, again, showcased the versatility of Brockhampton going from a hard-hitting banger to something a little softer. But I still think yeah. Count On Me slaps. For yeah. me, I, I thought it was okay. I, I wasn't as thrilled about it. I thought the ASAP intro was really good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the hook wasn't, didn't get me as much. I thought, like, I thought the hook could have been better. And I thought like the back half verses were like both like solid. Um, I think- but like pretty yeah. much for, for me, like I felt like it had the momentum going with like ASAP's part and that didn't like recapture that momentum. Yeah. And I so think that's kind of like how I felt about it. But yeah. ASAP is a really cool feature for a song like this in theory because ASAP released Sundress, which is just there as a single, which never <laughs> he never went anywhere with. But it was him going in a very interesting direction. And he's clearly got an experimental side. His last full length album is divisive because it's experimental. And he literally think, called it testing. So yeah. people knew it would be. <laughs> yeah. And people still had issues with it. But yeah. I think in Count On Me, I think, like you said, it's a it's a good song. It's fine. But I think it, it's one of the few critiques I'll end up having on the album is it's not even the hook for me. The transition from verse to hook felt kind of mm, yeah. stilted to me. Yeah. And that's it. I think it was fine. Uh, I, I do appreciate them maybe going like, okay, we've got a little bit of the banger. And then here's like a little soft one just to know that there's 
going to be some other sounds on here. We're not just going balls to the wall the entire time. Uh, I just want to give you guys a quick little update. Mm -hmm. After my dog was scratching at my door for a solid like two minutes there, he has promptly laid in my bed and fallen asleep. So. Good for which one <laughs> is it? That Fenway? short time span? Wow. Yes. Wrigley is knocked out. Sleep well, Wrigley. Yeah. You know, that's the second dog I've heard of being named Fenway. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I have Fenway and Wrigley. Those are my dogs. Those are great names. Thank you. Wrigley's I'm probably asleep, my dog cause... Angel Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Wrigley's probably asleep because uh... the Cubs aren't good. But... Yeah, exactly. No, they just swept the Mets, so don't say that to me right now because I'm in pain. <laughs> no, yeah, they aren't good. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Give you salty Mets fan over here. Yeah, we 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 let we got we, we could have won each of those games. We lost the second game of that series 16 to 4. <laughs> Which game had all the errors in it? I remember just seeing that was like a, a, a two-minute long yeah. montage of all these yes. errors. That was you, you hope that's the worst game the Met, the worst game the Mets play all year. I'll say that. Like as a Mets fan, you're like, you never want to see that again. Man, anyway, but uh so I guess I just we can just go if you guys don't have anything else to say on counter me, we can just kind of go through the tracks as they're listed on the album. Yeah, that's sure. Cool. Yeah. So first of all, hell of a opening list when you go buzz cut and then we get chain on with a really good jpeg feature oh of course i love this feature on that it, it, it's so good and i'm so glad they're bringing in features danny brown feature great and then the jpeg mafia feature hit too and he has a crazy line about body cams being six seconds and then saying something about vine hold on yeah let's see if I Oh, um, no surprises. Suits get jealous when you cut the ties. Live and lie. Lance Armstrong at the finish line. Give it time. <laughs> <laughs> Live and lie. Lance Armstrong at the finish line. That's great. Uh, give it time. When we catch them cops on cam, I don't need six seconds. You remember Vine. It's nasty. It's like, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Um. Yeah, the, like this whole feature was fun. Like, uh, you know, fifth hell string. of bars in this verse. Hell of bars. Yeah, yeah like uh, fifth string pe young Peggy Ringo, slick with the ink. These melodies need Duolingo, same size as Dua Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like, like the beat on it too, and how the beat's more low key. So it lets the bars speak for themselves more. Oh, wait. Um, by the way, do you know what that same size as Dua Lipa line means? What? JPEG and Dua Lipa are both 5'8". <laughs> oh, my God. It's He's accurate. that short? He's that short. He's <laughs> not big, yeah. He's a small dude. JPEG is only two inches taller than me, which is hilarious to think that if I took a picture with JPEG. He acts relatively like he's seven height. feet tall. Exactly. Like, honestly, he feels huge. Pause. That's so funny. But. Oh. <laughs> he are we also still doing like, phrasing? <laughs> I don't care. The line like fucking switch the code. I'm speaking prophecies. Like that's so Raven. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, he's so good at these like funny like tongue in cheek one liners, but he also mixes in just like this aggression. You know, it's and also great uh fucking uh Wu Tang sample too. Whoever did that, that was a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Now this like. This is a good song. This is a really good song. And it's just like, again, Dom comes in after too, and he has a great uh, verse on here too. 
one of Dom's few verses. I, I wish he was in the album more just because he's so great. I but agree. when he shows up, he nails it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how he operates, though, sometimes. You know, he just kind of shows up when he has to, and then he's gone. We check in corners, so make sure our lanes don't come across. See word from Marvin. Couldn't soothe me from what's going on. That's hard. That's hard, bro. That's hard right there. So, hey, man, great second song. We already talked about uh, Count On Me and then Bankroll. Look, I haven't heard ASAP Ferg sound that good in a long time. <laughs> I agree. That was that was refreshing. He has not sounded that good for a while. Like, and that's that's not saying like he can't rap anymore. I just think his projects have lacked in quality for a bit. And uh, that was a great verse. I hope he can do that on like a whatever his next album is going to be. Yeah, I heard his most recent project uh, they released in 2020, and it wasn't that good. I, so, I like, wasn't this a was fan a, of that either. Yeah this this was a nice uh, you know this was a nice thing from him, uh, and also having um, Merlin, I think, is the one that's yeah Merlin does like some of the uh, ad libs on his verse, which is a fun combo. I with, think it's a uh, great one because I think if you take like maybe earlier for when people were really high on his potential as an artist, there's a lot of similarities between the way Merlin does his, the way the Merlin raps and the way Ferg raps mm-hmm. too. And also, Cadence, of course, I, I, the tone of voice, all of that. It's it's great. It, it's grewed. What was that? It's <laughs> uh, it's great to hear uh, Brock Hampton's song begin with the ASAP Ferg. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh that hyped me up so much that got me going. The first I was like, Let's go. it's a hype ad lib <laughs> that got me going it was, it was so good but also I, so some history yeah, ahead, behind dude. the song bankroll here um it, it's been like in the works with brockhampton for a while and there's a lot of different versions of it that just never got released so hmm. it's at least like a two-year-old song i know and it always had Ferg on it, I believe. No, it always had Brocky on it, I believe. I think Ferg is a new addition. Um, and you can find like snippets and pieces of it on like SoundCloud and such. Um, but I think this is my favorite version that I've heard of it yet. Um, a lot of that has to do with Ferg's intro. Yeah, that intro is so much fun. Also, Merlin um, has the bar of the song. Uh, make her run like the Boston bomb. <laughs> 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 That is such a dagger of a line. Merlin. Jeez. Merlin. I love Merlin. Um, Go Merlin. Go Merlin. Shout out uh, Rocky for like his like little contributions on some of the like, uh, it's like part of the chorus I think he's on. But yeah, I I was going to say, Nick, have you seen, um, you've probably seen this, the uh, TRL performance of Boogie? Oh, gosh. No, I don't think I have. Oh, my God. So good. They're in, like, this giant crowd of people. And at one point at the end, Merlin just starts dancing. And, <laughs> like, 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 the Go Merlin thing, they all just start going, Go Merlin, Go Merlin. <laughs> I think so they sampled that. I swear they sampled some Merlin thing in one of the songs. Like, there's a... They it's probably, uh, yeah. in Windows, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, Merlin's just a hype guy. I remember there's this one interview like the, the group as a whole and whenever like they just put the the, mo- the microphone up to Merlin he just goes Merlin <laughs> he operates on a different like, he just operates on that level all the time and it's very very enjoyable unfortunately I do think that he um is like a COVID denier he's tweeted some weird stuff about it 
Well, that's yeah, good to know. once again, <laughs> I like a lot of artists who say dumb shit. I don't go to Merlin for medical advice. I mean, the soft, you, remember, you remember with Joey too. Joey badass is stupid. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joey dumbass. <laughs> Nick's been, Nick just had that one. I knew he was. Yeah, gonna say it. yeah that. What, what, what was Joey saying? Was he like, um, he said that small... he wouldn't get the vaccine and that the government was putting us in muzzles by having us wear masks. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. He called Kanye a prophet. <laughs> <sighs> I'll say this. Well, can't wait for that next album, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, look, Joey, give us the music. We're ready, man. Uh, anyway, uh, so I guess rolling into uh, see what I did. Bank roll, Bank rolling. rolling anyway. Bankrolling it to the light. I think the light's a really good song. Lyrically, that song has some of the best storytelling, I think, on the album. Also, one of my favorite beats on the album, too, in my opinion. Yes. Or yeah. favorite Joba? instrumentals, more appropriately. Joba is the one who does the, the verses, right? That, yes. That's him. He shines throughout the album. By far the highlight, I'd say. Um, and I like I like the light. It's it's definitely dark. Uh, the irony, but um, it, uh, with these songs already, you see Brockhampton's versatility, where they have like a banger, uh, a popier song, and then rock. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to know something that's very interesting is um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the lyrics on Genius right now, just in case I need to reference anything. Yeah. And um, they have like the tags, which ha- like have like the genres. And the first genre listed is LGBTQ+. LGBTQ+. Plus. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my, my favorite, my favorite music genre. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I assume it's tagged that way because I know some people like to go out of their, like, yeah. to, like to listen to uh, obviously that community probably doesn't have yeah. as many musicians. No, yeah, but, yeah, I just, I just found it. Funny. Yeah, no, it is. It's like, interesting that it's listed like it's all these genres, and then it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the the writing on this song is just it's super vivid, and it like it makes that super dark, but it's really good. Like the remnants of my pops put a Glock to his head, like mm. you know, this idea that like when he looks at himself, he sees some of his father, and probably not a great relationship with his father, so he wants to like kill that part of himself but the only way to do that would you know shoot yourself right yeah. that's, yeah, sort that's of, painful right there it's 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 very dark but it's just so well written it's vivid it just showcases a lot of storytelling you know there's really great storytelling ability Another... it's not a song i'm gonna go back and listen to a lot just because of how dark and visceral it is but yeah. i really appreciate you know the the storytelling from joba um the the instrumentals it all coming together i think is great i i was also Uh, gonna say to you that this mm -hmm. i think this song might be the first time that this theme kind of comes up but um faith and uh like relationship with god also comes up a few times in this album just kind of like like and it comes up here with joba saying like master plans by the maker i see no savior morbid morbid reflection and stainless steel alcohol and and pills deadly combinations left with nothing else to feel and like the thing is like it feels kind of like one of those things where it's um you know master plans by the makers trying to find whatever the plan is with like this awful horrid whatever like kind of uh issues he's dealing with um but it's interesting because this is like the first time i think i've heard brock hampton extensively talk about their relationship with god in an album Mm -hmm. Like they literally have a song called "Dear Lord" in this album, where it's like oh, a prayer. Wait, I I didn't even know this because I'm looking 
at the genius page too. Uh, that line about his dad, Jehovah's dad killed himself. Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't That's, know that. And now that even Ooh. rings harder because he sees remnants of his dad and, you know, dad killed himself. And then he feels maybe those same tendencies or maybe that's just a thought that's crossed his mind. Um, I, I believe it was really recent too when that happened. So like, like, look, man, mm. I, that's tragic and I, it's terrible for him, obviously. But I, I mean, I, it's terrible, and I really respect his ability as an artist to just channel that and write what he wrote, because it's it's so well put, you know. It's just it's vivid, it's dark, but I mean, that's what he felt. That's what it was. Um, but it's, speaking of like the the religious stuff, I think actually Joba does have uh, a, a verse in No Halo where he talks about going to church. Yeah, go, going to church for the hell of it. Something drunk stumbled and stumbling in, drunk in. shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And so Joe's done that before. Merlin has had some f- more funny bars about that, but yes. I, 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 I guess it's a motif now with Joba. Yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's through line for him. It's just some sort of looking for some sort of like, a, I guess, like an antidote of sort through faith. You know, so like, obviously there's all the variants of the covers, right? But I'm looking, so Joba's on the original, this cover, like the one where it's like an ethereal version of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's this alternate cover. I don't know if you guys saw the picture, but it's like Joba in front of a car. Yeah. Looking, hmm. looking rough. So oh. I think, yeah, he shines through. I think he's like almost like a centerpiece of the album. I, I think he's definitely the highlight of it. Um, And he's, for the last three albums, he is the cover. He's on yeah. uh iridescence he's one of the dudes hugging on ginger so he, he's in the spotlight now for him i guess it's the new cover guy i guess but yeah i, I, they said I know i know kevin is the de facto uh front man of the group but is yeah. joba now the main character kind of feels like it i want merlin to be the main character <laughs> <laughs> i mean look i get that but I, i'm just saying like just considering like the through lines and like the storylines that kind of run through with him like yeah. Like I, I feel like he's kind of become like the main character in a, in a way. Yeah. I really respect maybe the band just maybe just being like, hey, you know, he's got a lot going on. So let's let let's give him the space to do it on the project. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I don't want to get too like I don't want us to like take to go too crazy in the analysis. So yeah, because um, we still got like eight more tracks or something. Yeah. So windows, <laughs> oh, we'll just go, we'll just so we'll say windows, I'll take you on old news. Those three tracks, like as a group. Like, what do you got to say about some of them? Do you like all of them? Do you only like one of them? Yeah. Uh I only really like Windows. Uh the I think the other two are more like of the poppy stuff, but Windows is like I think straight windows up is really like hip hop through and through. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you have a lot of verses from a lot of the members. They it's all a long great. song. I think it's the longest song, it's right? Six minutes, 11 seconds, which definitely up there for a Brockhampton song. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I really like Windows and I really like Old News too. Um, I'll Take You On doesn't quite hit hard enough for me. I like Charlie um, Wilson at the end though, but... <laughs> I do, yes. I do like Charlie Wilson at the end. Charlie Wilson has a wonderful voice. Um, but yeah, like I kind of I agree with uh, Windows being the strongest of those three. Yeah, I think whoever so gone so flexy is, he opens it up very nicely, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the beats really, like Nick said, just like this nice, it's very like traditional feeling almost. It feels like a very like just like typical, like 
brass tacks let's hip-hop beat where you're just gonna talk your shit over it you know what i mean yeah so yeah i'll agree with you i'll take you on and old news we're not bad i think they're good songs they just kind of are they you know they just not as they just kind of pale in comparison but i think i think what's the occasion is i i would argue best hook on the album because i fucking love the hook for what's the occasion but you know yeah what's the occasion's phenomenal yeah, I love What's the Occasion. That song's great. Who's singing that? Isn't it Joba? That's it's Joba, yeah, that's right? Joba. Yeah. Again, Joba just like killing it in every single part yeah, of this. Like, that million uh, little people. It just, it's so, and it mm-hmm. fits once again the like, you know, if he's got probably the pandemic too on top of what happens with his family. Like there's just so much going on through his mind. And he does such a great job of not only writing it, but singing it. And you feel and he, you also get a good verse from um, Matt Champion, too. Who I don't think he's shown up on the album to this point that much. <laughs> like Matt Champion just shows up finally, like like track, whatever, like seven or eight. Yeah. No, nine. <laughs> nice uh, Friday Night Lights references, too. <laughs> yes, yes. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, good, really good song. Uh, very touching. And I, I, it's, I don't, I think it sounds cool, but there is an interesting way that Matt's vocals are mixed. Like it almost feels like he's like rapping through something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But hey, what's the occasion? I thoroughly like that song. Uh, when I ball, any opinions on it? Um, I, I'd say again, good song. Not one of my favorites on the album. Definitely again because it, it's not one of the hip hop bangers. Just doesn't really fall into what I really like from Brockhampton, but I still really appreciate it. I, I would I say it's pretty good. Super I would say solid. Good. Like once yeah. again, like there hasn't been a bad song on this, which is crazy. Yes. Um, don't shut up the party. Fucking goes. I don't care. Oh my god. <laughs> this is my favorite song on the album. This is my favorite song. Everyone on the loves album. the song. Yeah. The fucking hook is crazy. It, oh my god, man. Don't shoot up the- also, Kevin Abstract, the, the way he opens it, the all-American self-hatred runs deep, white boys, all I see whenever I sleep. Mm. Mm. I can't wait to just yell that in a giant crowd of people. <laughs> Don't shoot that, up it's parties. amazing Don't shoot to do that, party. please. Um, yeah, like, can I, may I say, like, something, uh, another, like, mm-hmm. very cool kind of line here? Mm-hmm. Uh I knew about in sync for cash rule me colonized minds by masters and slaves saying like he was hearing like in sync and like white, like, you know, music that was being pushed by before the Wu Tang cash rules, everything. Yeah. Which is funny too. Cause cream is sampled on this album. It, which is I think song. that's on purpose. <laughs> I, I, I believe it is. Yeah. I, I completely believe it is, but I'm saying that's a funny little touch there. He um, really talks his shit to, on his, oh, yeah, he about does. the homophobia. Also just big flex. Okay, Dick, I got you. Big Flex in Corpus Christi. I got my own street. Hard. He got a street. Yeah, that's hard. Hampton Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this song is hard. The hook is killer, dude. Like, and I was gonna say this. It is a G funk beat because I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I know what this kind of beat is. It's a G funk beat. Yes, it is crazy good, and it's a banger with brains. You know? <laughs> yes, like because yeah. he's talking his shit. There's yeah. like there, there's some uh, some social issues in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it, which I think like with a song called "Don't Shoot Up the Party," like yeah, you, it's gonna be about something yeah. important. 
Also, um, shout out to Matt who shows up on here again. Great another verse. Good verse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Nick, I saw you said you don't like you typed us. Uh, you don't have too much time left. So to kind of like move on though to the last few, even though look, we love Don't You Party. I bet we could talk about it all day. Uh, we can. I bet you guys can make a whole episode about that song. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> we could do a uh, lot of episodes on each song. So good. Yeah. So Dear Lord is after that. Yeah, uh, dear Lord, that's just bareface. That's all bareface, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, I look, I'm a bareface guy personally. I, I really like bareface, so I was all in on it, and I was like, "Yes, bareface, keep on singing." I'm happy you got your own song. Let me get a bareface project right now, bareface. Make it. You'll probably get one if because my theory is they're not gonna like stop. They're gonna take a break, and everyone's mm-hmm. gonna just kind of get to do their own shit. And you might see some of them collab with each other, you know. Yeah, it's it's bareface and like the rest of the uh, group joins in towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like um, this is what apparently what's about is like it's them praying for Joba because of what happened to his father. So yes. that's like why it says like, so please, Lord, he needs you more. Uh, I want you to let him know he's still loved. So your love shines through like a, a light like that. Like, yeah, it's being like protect him and take care of him because this is really tough. And also at the end here, let him know you want him to fight waiting by your side, which again kind of goes back to it's a you know, his father committed suicide. And he was saying to like how he wants to rid himself of that of that thing with the thought of his uh, memory of his father, essentially, but the only way he'd be able to do that would be like ending his own life is mm-hmm. once again, tying all the way back saying, let him know that you don't want to do that, that you want him to fight. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and like, again, just a very good payoff for this whole through line with the album too. Yeah. The light part two as a closer, it, it it's the same thing as the light. I think it's a great song. I can't, I will probably not be listening to it often because of how tough it is to listen to. Oh, absolutely. Because first of all, I really appreciate Joba being able to sort of put that, like the light is worth the weight sort of thing. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's sort of almost like he's talking. It almost feels like, like, obviously there's like this denial or he's like trying to talk to us that like, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? But also as a listener, it's sort of like, you should keep that yourself. Like no matter how tough stuff gets, it's, you know, it's worth it to stick around. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that's in there. And his verse, I could analyze it for days, the way he writes and the way he talks about the grandkids his dad will never see and all of that shit. And mm. that's not it's to say heavy. Kevin's verse isn't good because Kevin's verse is fucking amazing. Yeah. But it's, a, it's a tough listen, but it's so well done. And it deserves a lot of credit for being able to do what it does. Yeah, I, I think just the fact that Joba is able to put all these emotions into his work like that, um, you got to give him so many props um, to go through something like that and then be able to process it um, and then make this project. And I, I, I'd say a lot of it's even centered on, you know, this. Um, hats off to him. Yeah. Look, again, like I, like I was saying before, it really feels like Joba like Joba is like the main character, at least of this album, I would say, because like everything kind of ties into what he's going through with his own life. Mm-hmm. As I take my laptop and I open the door for my dog, who's now decided he doesn't want to sleep in my bed anymore. Now he wants to just scratch the door to let him out. Um, 
so yeah it and as as a outro it makes a lot of sense too and um it kind of gives a good conclusion to like i said where it's like dear like dear lord it's give him the strength to fight and at the end joba saying to himself and the audience too if you're going through these tough times keep on fighting yeah yeah it's it's powerful and you know nick i'll let you say if you want to say anything else on it before we wrap up here because i don't want to keep you too long so um i i just want to do like a a look at the album in general um Mm -hmm. i think it's amazing i love it with my whole heart great stuff well done um i think i might even put it right now neck and neck with saturation one maybe even better than saturation one um because it's just phenomenal like that yeah um nick i'll agree with you i like like i told like i was saying my brockhampton power rankings where i put it at this point so iridescence is at the bottom but that's not like any shade to iridescence um then uh let me get all the albums because i was just as my dog is pulling on my microphone now, frankly, <laughs> off the microphone. <laughs> There's a lot of technical difficulties happen sometimes. Um, uh, Brockhampton reference technical difficulties? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so I would say, like, Iridescence is at the bottom. Uh, then Saturation, Ginger, Roadrunner, Saturation 2, Saturation, saturation 3. Yeah, for me, Roadrunner, it's phenomenal. It's, yeah, it's, I also am like Nick, I like the rappier banger side, but I think it picks its spots with some of the soft poppy stuff and it's still good. And it's tough, man. Like Roadrunner for me, it's like, I put it, I'd say third behind Saturation 3 and then Saturation 2 at number one, but I could easily see it moving up to second. It's a very, and hell, like it, it, it was, it was punching at number one for a bit. So, I mean, it's really good. Like the gap between Roadrunner and Saturation Two in that ranking is not that big. It really is. Yeah. It, to me, it's amazing to see how these guys have grown and matured in their music making through the years, and how, like you know, the the Saturation trilogy, it's fun, but they they can tackle all these serious subjects now and do it and still a, a masterful piece of art like this. Yeah, yeah man, not definitely. And, Joba, like huge, he's obviously the M highlight because he has went through a lot and he did a great job channeling that in this project. And huge respect to the entire collective for I think bigging him up and giving him the space to do that and then artistically support him. You know what I mean? Like like Aiden, you were saying with the tie-in and some of the songs there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for Roadrunner. It's a great album. Go listen to it. I will not be buying any of the merch because I'm not paying that much money. So, <laughs> you know, but I like it. Uh, uh, Nick Hampton, uh, Nick Hill, <laughs> PhD, Brockhampton, basically Nick Hampton. What would you give this on scale of one to ten? Which I know it's like grading your own child, but oh, uh, well, one to ten, gotta give it eight point five. The highs <laughs> are so high. The lows are not low at all. There's a lot of stuff in here, a lot of versatility. There's something for everyone. And it's just a great progression of where they've been to where they are now. 8.5 out of 10, I love it. All right. Vasant, what about you? Yeah, so I literally would give the same critique as Nick. My score is a lot higher. Not a lot higher. <laughs> I would give it a 9.5 because there's so there's nothing wrong with it. There's just things I don't – like I have little nitpicks. And if all I'm doing is nitpicking, then I'm giving you a 9.5. 
So there you go. Yeah, and I'll split the difference and go with a nine. Um, again, similar with me, where it's like there's just some songs that aren't quite as tight as the others to me, but uh, not nothing major that makes me like go like. There, there's no song on here that like I that if it was on I wouldn't just change it right away or anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Unless it was like the light, and I was at like a, a place with friends, and I was like, I don't want you all to start crying around me. So. I don't want to be depressed. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if I'm in the car with my mom and like, uh, like a bankroll comes on or oh something, God. maybe I'll switch it off. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for the dogs barking. Now my dogs are they also having a fun time. This, that this album is good. That's why they're barking. They're vocalizing. Exactly. Their they're letting me know. They're they're shouting, "Go Merlin! Go Merlin! <laughs> Go Merlin! Go Merlin!" But yeah, so I think with that, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you. Huge thank you to Nick Brockhampton, PhD, for joining us to talk about the boys. And an really even huger it. thank you to you guys for bringing me back on. I love yeah. doing this stuff, and I'm always appreciative of the opportunity. Of course, well, man. We, we and, love uh, having you, man. It's always a good time. Yeah. Of course. Uh, also, once again, shout out to the listeners for supporting us. And, you know, we're getting close to that 100 episode. That's super cool. So thanks for that support. And uh, shout out to Taco Bell. Okay. Yeah, shout out to Taco Bell. <laughs> Remember to live Moss Creamers. Live Moss Creamers. <laughs> but I think with that, thanks for listening. Keep your head up. See you next Stay time. Stay creamy. That's, That's right. Yes, Stay creamy. Yes, sir.